Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. Mike Donaghy joins us for some grace in the gray. Join the conversation, 800-555-7898. And we're going to spend a little time talking about how to uh, love better, how to disagree well. But before we get to that, Mike, thanks for coming in this morning. It's good to have you with us. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people have been talking about revival over the past uh, week plus with what happened on the Asbury campus last Wednesday. And now we're into the second week hearing that revival is starting to hit other college campuses as well, from Cedarville to Lee University. And I, I know that uh, revival is something that you've been thinking and talking about, too. Oh, yeah, because when those things happen, everyone likes to discuss in the church world of, well, is that revival? Is it not? What yeah. would revival really look like? So I've been discussing it with my friends. And what what have you and your friends come up with? Well, the first thing is when something like this starts happening, I, I'm never quick to try to put a blanket on it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Don't quench the spirit. Right. If there's a bunch of people gathering and praying and worshiping, that's never a bad thing, but people want to quickly go, but that's not revival. Well, it's part of it. it right. Yeah. But I always like to people, I like to ask people when you pray for revival, I go like, what are you praying for? Mm-hmm. And when I think about what are we actually praying for? Cause I think there's a lot of pieces that need to come together, right? Not only mm-hmm. do we need the youth praying zealously, passionately worshiping and seeing people healed and restored, but it also needs to trickle into how we do business and how we operate in the world, right? And the thing that confounds me so sharply, and this goes back to my book, but that's why I'm here to talk about, is <laughs> a lot of us forget that disagreement, when we're kind of disagreeing about what revival is, that's actually a sign that we're in healthy discussion. Because if everybody agreed with you all the time, then you've just surrounded yourself with a bunch of people who think like you, talk like you, and agree with you. And if everyone in your life agrees with you, that's not revival. Right. That You're just in a relationship. That's an echo chamber. Yeah, you're in a relationship with yourself. Yeah. And so when you ask me what is revival, you know what my first, the first word that comes in my head is? Mm-hmm. Unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be Revival. Considering we have how many denominations just right. in America alone mm-hmm. and the Protestant church alone. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, may they be one as you and I are one. So here's where it kind of the rubber meets the road. It's true. And this is this is coming from a guy, you know, I was in 10th Avenue North. I played in over a thousand different churches. Right. Yep. And one of the th- passages in Scripture that just gets my head shaking is when Paul says, God has given apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers, and evangelists, right? This is Ephesians 4. To do what? To build up the body into what? Into all unity. Mm-hmm. And I scratch my head. I go, uh, Paul, I don't think I've been to many churches that have an apostle, a prophet, a shepherd, a teacher, and an evangelist. I've been to churches that got apostle prophets. Mm-hmm. I've been to churches that got shepherd teachers. I've been to evangelism-driven churches. Why don't we have churches with all five of those guys? Hmm. Because they would be killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> and go, but he yeah. says, but he says, he says something really strange. He says, no, we've been given these five different guys to have true unity. So that tells me true unity is hard, mm-hmm. right? And it's full of differing opinion, 
and it's full of dissent and it's full of disagreement. But what happens is we don't want true unity. We want fast, easy unity. So we get two of those guys. Mm -hmm. I've been to lots of churches, got apostle prophets. I've been, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you ask me what's revival, revival would be when all five of those guys are all coming together and can actually agree on something. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the things that's been so encouraging as we read reports and hear people talk about what it's been like at Asbury and mm-hmm. now as it's trickling into other locations as well, is there is a spirit of unity and a spirit of love. Beautiful. There's all these people who are coming together because... You know, this 1,500-seat auditorium that normally holds a handful of hundred, you know, for for chapel service is overwhelmed. Thousands and thousands of people, over 5,000 people at times, lines of cars trying to get into the city because they want a a taste of what's going on right there. And, you know, you've got the tatted up, pierced uh, people right there with a business suit and long skirt. And there's a spirit of love and of unity happening right there. And to me, that's one of the things that's showing that this is real revival. Absolutely. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Well, as we uh, continue the conversation with Mike uh, Donahue in just a few moments, we want to invite you to be a part of the conversation. You can call or text in at any time at 800-555-7898. You can also leave a comment on our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning. We're going to spend a little time talking about a more loving way to disagree. We've already kind of touched on that just a little bit as we've talked about revival, but I think this is an issue, whether we have, quote-unquote, revival happening or not, this is a very relevant and real issue that is impacting our communities and our churches. So we're going to spend a little time unpacking that throughout this hour and, again, invite you to the conversation. We want to link you to Mike and this book, Grace in the Gray. Links on our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning. Also happy to text that to you as well. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. We're glad you're here. Call or text to join the conversation, 800-555-7898. Well, we are glad that you are here. That is the number to uh, join that conversation that we're having with Mike Donahue. He is former lead singer of 10th Avenue North, now uh, doing music on his own and writing as well. He's written a book called Grace in the Gray. And, uh, Mike, you, you write in the book about how when you were younger, you often tended to be a little bit more argumentative, especially some of the theological things. And I, I, I kind of get that. I understand that. We want people to have good theology mm-hmm. and want them mm-hmm. to be biblically accurate. Uh, but you said you've kind of learned to be a better listener when having these conversations. What, what has God shown you about that? Uh, I suppose a big shift happened the day our band got picketed. Hmm. Okay, so we're we're in Louisiana, uh, and a group of folks came out, and were you know they had signs, and they were screaming at everyone that everyone listening to our band was gonna go straight to hell, hmm. and so I went out and I talked to them, yeah. like, hey guys, how's it going? You're playing the devil's music. That's what's going. And I've told this story before, and someone said you're generalizing people and making them. Say, I go, I'm I'm presenting a very generous picture of how they were acting okay <laughs> nice. so yeah or just, not so much the accents just helps you distinguish characters here uh is it out you're playing the devil's music that's what's going i said well i don't i don't think we're playing the devil's and meanwhile they're shouting over my shoulder at girls in line you know you're dressed like whores of babylon and i said how do you guys feel like this approach is going like do you are you having really good turnover success rate of conversion yeah and they said it doesn't matter we're telling them the truth, said the truth, hmm. because 
a lot of us, myself included, will go, it doesn't matter how I say something. If I'm telling, quote unquote, the truth, that's all that matters because mm-hmm. people need to hear the truth. And if they're offended by it, that's on them. So I'm sitting there, the truth. I'm going, how do I talk to this guy right. to help him understand that I'm not trying to play Satan's songs? You know, I said, you know, historians, I've actually done a deep dive on this song, Amazing Grace. Do you guys do you guys sing Amazing Grace at your at your church? I said, well, of course we do. I said, you know, there's quite a few historians that think that that tune was borrowed, that it was a a mainstream tune first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead of demonizing the tune, folks took that that song and they redeemed the tune. And he said, that's a lie straight from the devil. So we didn't make a lot of progress. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm a little went, surprised by that. I line. went back in the, in the con and, and I, you know, I was so hot, so incensed. And then I, I so clearly saw myself in that guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy really felt like it was his job to change people. Now, we get to be involved in the process, but ultimately, I have to contend with the reality that God is the one who changes people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about that, and I was kind of looking for how, man, I wish I had responded to him differently. How could I have responded? What was it about the way he was addressing us that didn't sit right with me? And then I recalled this, these two sentences that Paul gives to Timothy, coaching a young pastor mm-hmm. on how to correct people. And he says, it's, it's horribly annoying, Okay, and it actually, it's annoying because he sums up my entire book in two sentences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he says this, he says, hey, Timothy, he, he's talking about getting caught up in foolish controversy, okay? Yeah. And he says, Timothy, God's servant must not be quarrelsome. Ouch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I first read that, I went, I'm not quarrelsome. The problem is <laughs> nobody thinks they're quarrelsome. You need to ask a friend or a family member, am I quarrelsome? You might get a different answer. He must not be quarrelsome. He must be uh, kind to everyone. Everyone? Really? Mm -hmm. Everyone. He must patiently endure evil. I hate that one. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like evil. I don't like enduring it. I certainly don't want to do it patiently. Right. And then he says this. Oh, and then he says he must be able to teach, Mm -hmm. which means don't go run in your mouth about something you don't know anything about. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Our culture loves to pretend like everybody's a doctor now, you know. Mm-hmm. He says, correcting your opponents, we love that. Yes. Yeah, we got that one. Yeah, yeah correct our opponents. One. But then he gives this very fascinating qualifier. He says, with all gentleness. And I looked up the Greek. It turns out that phrase means with all gentleness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Got that one right. Yep. And then he says this really wild thing. He says, perhaps God will grant them repentance leading to the truth. Wow. And that hits our ego so hard Mm -hmm. that, yes, you are called to correct. But when I correct, I need to remind myself of that guy who's picketing me and go, am I kind to everyone? Am I patiently enduring evil? And when I correct, am I doing it with all gentleness? And that is a lifetime of practice that I'm going to need to do that. And I get to rest in the fact that God is the one who gives repentance, not me. Mm, that'll Good preach. Stuff. Mic drop. That'll <laughs> preach. Mike Donahue, I'm telling you, if we get into God's word, we see that we do things 
way different than we've been instructed. Thanks for taking on this pretty big challenge to have grace in the gray, a more loving way to disagree. You know, Mike, he is the former lead singer of 10th Avenue North, but the book is what we're discussing, and more importantly, the scriptures and how we are to be pursuing Christ as we love one another well, even when we disagree. It's it's hard, isn't it? It's difficult. It's challenging. But we're here for it. It's Don and Steve in the morning, Booty Radio. Putting a different spin on things, it's Steve and Dawn in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. And Mike Donahue. Don't forget Mike Donahue. Of course, of course. Mike Donahue. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Mike Donahue is with us, written a book called Grace in the Gray, A More Loving Way to Disagree. And you kind of learned this the hard way by touring and being part of the band 10th Avenue North and someone picketed you in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. And you had to dig into God's word to to not kind of stay in that mess. It's, you know, when somebody does that, okay, comes at you and says, you're playing the devil's music and you're trying to make sense of what God's called you to do and what this seeming brother is calling you out just because of the, I, it's not the lyric. Clearly they weren't listening to the lyric mm-hmm. of 10th Avenue North. They were just listening to the drum. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> to the guitar. So when you're faced with this and you see what the word of God says and you see how this seemingly brother is acting. How hard does Mike Donahue have to fight Mike Donahue to go, okay, Lord, I see and hear what you're saying in your word, but, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how hard did you have to fight? Yeah, I bit my tongue all the way off, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. clamp down. I, I would say gratefully in that circumstance, I had learned to be more gracious through all the maddeningly Mm -hmm. subjective debates that my band put me through up to that point. (laughs) Because if if anyone's, if if anyone out there listening is married, you can understand how you'll have difference of opinion. And it isn't that someone's right and someone's wrong most of the time. It's Mm -hmm. our experience of what they're saying hurts us, right? And being in a band is like, was like being married to four other people, Mm -hmm. you know, and... Music is so subjective, and you can't go, this is the right chord. You have to go, well, I think that this is the correct chord. And someone says, no, I think. And so (laughs) having to throw yourself into debates that actually can't be solved with an objective answer uh, has prepared me uh, going forth into you know, theologically charged areas mm-hmm. where people have made very different conclusions mm-hmm. and are, and, you know, feel like the eternity of someone's soul depends on the answer. Um, but the thing that has consistently uh, convicted me is in Romans 2, 4, we already talked about in Second Timothy when he says, perhaps God will grant them repentance. Mm-hmm. Well, how does he grant that repentance? Romans 2, 4 says the way that he grants repentance is through his kindness. Mm-hmm. That his mm-hmm. kindness. So then I have to step back and say, am I using a different method than God when mm-hmm. I try to change people? And a really easy way to figure that out. Here's your litmus test. When you screw up, what does the voice in your head sound like? Is it kind? Mm, Yeah. Or is it condemning? Is it questioning or is it cruel? Mm. Is it 
inquiry or is it interrogation? Because we're told we have these two voices. We have uh, the enemy of our souls, who what? Mm -hmm. He is the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Holy Spirit, who is who? The comforter. So how does this play out? Because some people go, oh, you're just saying just coddle people and don't tell them the truth. I go, look at how God talks to Adam and Eve when they screw up. And they didn't just screw up. I mean, they ruined the world, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and yet, and Frederick Buechner points this out, that God doesn't sound the way you would expect him to. He doesn't sound like the voice in our head when we screw up. The voice in our head says, what were you doing? How dare you? You're such an idiot. How could you? But look at the questions God presents to Adam and Eve. What's the first thing he says? He says, hey, where are you? Yep. Mm -hmm. Who told you that? He's curious and kind. And so if that is the method in which God inquires to the people who've just destroyed, you know, yeah. in Romans says mm -hmm. that through Adam mm -hmm. came death came and death condemnation. Yep. Yep. Then I have to go, am I speaking to myself in a way that God wouldn't? That is really good. And uh, that's part of what you're kind of dealing with and unpacking in the book, Grace in the Gray, talking about a more loving way to disagree. Mike uh, Donahue with us, in addition to being an author, former lead singer of 10th Avenue North, still a musician, a uh, host of a podcast called Chasing the Beauty, and I encourage you to check that out as well. We want to connect you with Mike, and so you're going to find links to him and the book, and all that you're going to need is going to be at our Facebook page on Facebook. You're just looking for Don and Steve in the morning, and you'll find links there. Happy to text that to you as well. 800-555-7898 to ask for that. Why not take Dawn and Steve with you wherever you go? Download the Moody Radio app. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the morning. The app is free. You're going to find that at your app store, so go get that. You can always go back and listen to this a little bit later if you've missed part of our conversation. With Mike Donahue, author of Grace in the Gray, podcast host of Chasing Beauty, former lead singer of 10th Avenue North and still doing music. But we want to connect you with him. Find that link on our Facebook page, or we'll be happy to text that to you. Mike, uh, I'm just guessing your upbringing and mine might be somewhat similar in some of the way that uh, I've heard you talk about. God's worked at me, uh, worked on me to do this and that. <laughs> One of the things that I find myself saying regularly is that we can't trust our feelings. Mm -hmm. The foundation of God's word has got to be our foundation. That, that that's truth right there, and that doesn't change. But yet, God gave us feelings. He mm -hmm. gave us emotion. How does that come into play as we think about, you know, God, the God-given emotions in our own lives, and then as we interact and engage with those around us? Right. Have you seen Star Wars? I've been a few years, but yeah. So episode four, A New Hope, the original one, you know, there's this scene where Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, they find themselves in a trash compactor. Do you remember uh -huh. that scene? Yep. So a lot of us, with our feelings, we act like that. We stick them down. And we just try to squash them out. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I can't trust my feelings. I got to put my feelings underneath the word of God. And we've kind of put it, I, I see the bumper sticker, faith over feelings. Right. Like you got to beat your feelings into submission. Okay. And there's this passage in Psalms. It says, um, oh, it says, those who sow in tears 
will reap mm. with shouts of joy. And mm. as a young man, I didn't understand that verse at all because I thought it meant if I cry hard enough and I want something enough and I pray enough and I weep enough, God's going to give it to me. But then I have this therapist friend, Christian counselor, and he said, no, what's happening here is that if you do not do the work of exploring your sadness, what you're effectually doing is you're squashing down or you're, you're, you're trying to lift up the basement of your sadness, okay? And effectually what you're doing is you're also squashing the roof of your joy. Mm-hmm. And you end up like this trash compactor where you're pushing down. You're like, I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel sad. I don't yeah. want to feel sad. And, and transversely, you don't feel the, ex, like the heights of joy. Right. And then what ends up happening? It comes out sideways. So you ever start a conversation with someone, you start arguing, and the reaction they give does not match the, the level of argument. Yes. What? Well, that is usually not from someone who's been exploring their feelings and been inquisitive about what they're feeling. That is usually someone who has been trying to squash out certain feelings mm-hmm. because it's just too difficult. Mm-hmm. It's just too uncomfortable. Um, let me let me try to put it in two more examples really quick. Uh, so we were doing this feelings, emotional intelligence. There's a real, really great works out there. Uh, Chip Dodd's got a book called Voice of the Heart that mm-hmm. I recommend everyone as we start talking about this. Um, because I, I, I promote don't say faith over feelings and definitely don't say feelings over faith either. Right. But what if your faith and your feelings were meant to inform one another? Faith informed by feelings and feelings informed by faith. In other words... Well, you just got to give yourself the promises of God. What if I don't even know what I'm feeling? I don't know what promise to remind myself of. Like, yeah. f- for instance, Jesus is standing at Lazarus's grave, weeping. Mm-hmm. Why? Jesus, faith over feelings, bro. You're about to raise him from the dead. <laughs> well, Paul says we grieve. We still grieve. Yep. We yeah. just don't grieve like those who have no hope. In other words, the despair of our grief has been removed. But our grief remains. And Jesus shows us. He's like, no, sadness is a gift that shows that Lazarus meant something to me. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm about to raise him from the dead, I still explore that sadness because he was a gift and life is a gift. So if Jesus weeps, we got we to gotta sit back and go, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Even, even grief begins as a gift. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So all this, mm-hmm. last example. So... We would do these emotional check-in groups with the band, and we would put this chart, primary emotions. Yep. A lot of us talk in secondary emotions. We're like, I feel anxious or confused or embarrassed. And some of the emotional intelligence work is name emotions you can actually feel. I'll give you an example. So we get off the bus, and this tour manager, he comes up, puts his arm around me, goes, how are you feeling today, Mike? I said, I'm feeling sad and lonely. Thank you. Mm. What's he say? Don't feel that. Those are intense emotions. He goes, right. he goes. it's a great day. We got a sold out show. We're going to praise God. I go, of course. But I've been away from my wife and kids for four days. If I didn't feel sad and lonely, something would be wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so that to say, maybe stop squashing your feelings, get curious about them, and then you might actually know what part of your faith needs to speak to your feelings. It certainly would change the way we react to one another in such powerful ways 
people might actually see the love of Christ working in us and through us. Mm-hmm. Despite our emotions, Mike Donahue, can you just stay? Yeah, let's just. <laughs> <laughs> can you just stay? Can you come back? So many great things as we really, truly look at what God has called us to when it comes to our relationships with one another, with Him first, obviously. And because of that relationship with Him, then with one another. Grace in the Gray is the name of the book, A More Loving Way to Disagree. Mike Donahue, you know that name. You hear his music and you've heard his music with his band at 10th Avenue North as well. But we're talking about the goodness of God this morning and how he will change us. It's Don and Steve connect with Mike on our Facebook page.